It's that time of year again, time to review your campaigns from this year and decide what you're entering into the 2021 U.S. Search Awards. Early bird access ends today, so get your applications in soon. The deadline for submitting your entries is June 25th. And there's no reason not to. There's 43 categories. No, there's something for everyone here. The U.S. Search Awards celebrate outstanding search across America. That includes paid and organic campaigns, campaigns for specific industries, software awards, and awards for agencies and consultants. Have you guys heard about this judging process? It is so intense. It's no joke. I heard. There will not be like a Steve Harvey type incident with this at all. No. The judges like meet separately. They pre-score everything. Then they come out with the short list. Then they come together to make the final decision for who the winner is. And it's like 12 angry men in there. Yeah. They're just fighting for the winners. <laughs> the point is, if you win, it's a big deal. This is great recognition for you and your agency. And there are awards for in-house teams too. So head over to ussearchawards.com to apply today before early bird pricing ends. And the awards are real too. I've held them. They're hefty. You'll <laughs> love them. Sign up. On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, new reporting features and customization are in the GA forecast. Google Search Console and Google Analytics are a more iconic duo than noodles and pre-chicken. <laughs> Dust off those Google Plus accounts because authorship is back. Also, do you know how a fantasy author goes down a hill? How? Walking. JK Rowling. <laughs> <laughs> All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news, a proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios, located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm your host, Christine Zernheld. AKA Shep. I'm Jess Bud, And I'm Greg Finn. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on June 18th, 2021. Remember, you can catch our Famous Friday news show on youtube.marketingoclock.com or your favorite podcast player each and every Friday morning. All your digital marketing news from the week. Powered by the digital marketing community. And if you want to join the conversation, just hit us up. We are at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. And don't forget, you can join our Discord community at community.marketingoclock.com. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another exciting show. We are blessed to be joined by the one and only Jessica Elbud once again. Hello. Jess, what do you have going on? So as you know, since I wasn't here last week, I was on vacation and like a real vacation, right? So we didn't go on one last year and my son is 20 months. So we took him on his first ever vacation, which was really awesome. But the first night of his first ever vacation, he woke up at like 2 a.m. and we were sleeping in the same room, right? We're in a hotel and he just wakes up and goes, hi, daddy, and started throwing up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he got the stomach flu. He had a really high temp and it it was a crazy thing. We thought we were going to have to come home. We didn't. We got through that. We moved on. Then later in the vacation, my husband dropped his phone, cracked the screen, and then it was raining for three days at the beach. But none of that matters because A, my son got to see the ocean and learned a bunch of new words and it was actually really cool. But B, he got to participate in his first time of a really important Bud family tradition. What? (laughs) So every time we go- Oh, let me guess. (laughs) 
<laughs> go to a brewery. We did that. Let's yes. do yeah. a weird song on Thanksgiving. Close. Go to two breweries. Oh, we went to six, baby. <laughs> With the baby in tow every time. But no, this it's song related, Shep. You were close. Every time we drive through Pennsylvania, you almost always go through a tunnel. And oh, yeah, on the turnpike. Yeah, on the no, turnpike. Well. Yes. So if you want to join in our tradition, all you have to do as you're approaching the tunnel is cue up that Sound of Silence song, but the cover by Disturbed. <laughs> and you listen to it as you drive through the tunnel. <laughs> it's a Bud family tradition, so play along next okay, time. First of all, you don't get service in there. <laughs> Second of all, no thank you. <laughs> what do you have going on? Well, speaking of trips, I've got an upcoming trip, which I'm sure to have some good stories from when I'm back. This week, my wife has scheduled one night tent camping. Wow. I can't think of anything more insane than two that. Two night tent camping? One night. No, what, two nights fine. Up At least you can, for one night? You just get there, you put it up, you fall asleep, and you take it right down. Who cares? You don't even, I don't want to go. <laughs> well, that's what I've got. Yeah, two nights would be worse. Uh, what about you, full-time producer Caleb? What do you have going on? Well, um, I know that after I leave today, I'm going to my friend's house to help him get a rabbit out of his basement. Ooh. Yeah, so... What? Yeah, so where I live, there's like a lot of rabbits running around. And okay. they're just everywhere. So we were moving stuff out of his house. So we had the doors open and everything, like from the basement to the outside. And a rabbit ran in, and he didn't realize it until he went down there and saw mm. something moving and it was like oh that's a rabbit so we got to figure out what we're going to do we're going to tie it carry it to a fishing pole and lure it out like um, in the cartoons i don't know about i don't that think that works Are you sure? yeah yeah it worked for all more fun if it, was <laughs> <laughs> if it was jess's house she would just leave the rabbit there <laughs> i would keep it he probably he probably left the door to the basement open a hair ah. nah. yeah when are you hopping on over oh my god okay well i have <laughs> kind of a big week going on. Anyone who's been following this saga of my broken computer that I didn't break, I finally got a new one. It was the rabbit. <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, you can see this beautiful rose gold device I have here. It's pink. It's so beautiful. And Greg has a matching one. We're both rose gold girlies. <laughs> Nobody told me mine's black. And Caleb, we need to put up the damage that Shep inflicted yes. on her computer. It, like, the shell was broken off. The aux port fell off. It's probably in your friend's basement. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, it's really sad. I'm going to take great care of this one. And in other technology news, I'm really working on my mic skills this week. I'm like new to the middle and I wasn't good at mics already. So I'm trying to like work on this. So everyone bear with me and Greg's going to call me out when I'm bad at it. It's like a new workout plan. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. Work back. Good core. It works your core. Yeah. So okay. thanks for bearing with me. Core of your neck. <laughs> And don't forget, you guys, we have new episodes of the Agency Scoop dropping every month with our CGO at Cypress North, Jill Fetcher. This month, she's sitting down with me and Jess. The episode is dropping early next week. We're talking about being working moms and our little bebes, and it veers off a lot of work conversation, but it's a great working mom talk, so don't miss it. And getting into the news this week, big news from Google Search Central blog, you can read a couple of fluffy opening paragraphs or control F4. We are, to learn that, they are introducing a new experience called Search Console Insights, which joins data from both Search Console and Google Analytics with a goal of making it easy to understand your content's performance. You may have already seen this. They've been testing it, and it will be gradually rolled out in all search to all Search Console user, users in the upcoming days. Owners can access Search Console Insights via the new link at the top of the overview page, 
It will also soon be accessible from the Google iOS app and Android support is coming soon. Another way to access it is by searching Google for a query that your site ranks for. This will return a Google powered result at the top of the page titled search performance for this query. I like always forget about that and I just randomly stumble upon it when I'm doing like weird keyword research. And I think it's so cool that they do that. And the example that they have in the notes here is perfect for Greg because this person mm -hmm. is looking for ramen recipes and you just love gourmet ramen. No, I like regular 18 cent ramen. Oh, I thought you liked the really fancy kind. You were like making it at lunch. The, like you open the package, you put it in like water? Ramen restaurant. I mean, you can make regular ramen fancy pretty easily. Drop an egg in there, some soy sauce. Greg's not doing any of that at lunch. You've seen this? <laughs> I put in like pita chips and pretzels. pretzels. Whatever crunches around. Yeah, whatever and I can ramen? find. It's a delicacy. You, you have only yet to, to begin to experience my lunches. <laughs> I actually spent my whole life calling it oodles of noodles, like until I went to college. Like I that's a brand, right? Oh, it is. I that's the one in the cup. Maybe everyone I'm wrong. acted like I was crazy. I always called ramen noodles oodles of noodles, and they're like, "What are you talking about, you psycho?" Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I just. I hope you're right, Jess. I think I'm right. They're not the same, but it's a thing I've heard. It is possible to utilize Search Console insights without Google Analytics, but linking them will give you much more data. So highly recommended. And I looked at this for cypressnorth.com, our website, and it's actually really cool. It shows you your new content and top performing content, your top search queries, and your average position for those queries, page view duration, referring links, and social performance. This is a really nice high level view of your site, and I think it'll be really great for auditing, like a good jumping off point if you're starting one. It's launching right now only with support for universal analytics properties. But Google Analytics 4 is coming, they say. I don't know why they wouldn't just launch it with GA4 and get people to use their new product, but after they've been pushing it on us since it launched, but that's great. Check it out, people. What else, Jess? Yeah, and there are some cool new things coming to GA4, even though that's not one of them. So maybe we should say GA more, as in more features. <laughs> <laughs> Greg is rolling his eyes for those of you just listening and not watching. So what's coming? A new left-hand navigation experience, which is broken out into four what they're calling workspaces. Each is designed to give you more appropriate reporting for a specific use case, like advertising, for example. And the advertising workspace so far anyway includes what Google is calling an advertising snapshot. So basically just a dashboard of channel-based reporting, conversion volume comparisons, multi-channel paths, things like that. And from the looks of it, there's really not much digging you can do yet. So best to stick to Universal GA for that for now, but I'm sure more features will come because obviously, like Shep said, they're really pushing GA4 and trying to grow it as we see here. They will also be expanding conversion modeling across certain reports, and that's in quotes because we don't know which reports those are yet, to help fill in the gaps from users that haven't consented to cookie tracking. And I think that's a nice option, but I hope that it is in fact an option. I'd like to be able to look at actually only real data too, even if there's not as big of a data set as I'd like. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I like the modeling, but I want to be able to opt into it or yeah. opt out. Yeah, I always want the choice. Thank you, me too. <laughs> On the attribution side, data-driven attribution will be made available across all GA4 properties. And they're also adding two new reports, a conversion pass report, as well as a model comparison report, which will probably look familiar to Universal Analytics users if you ever play around with those. But speaking of playing around with reports, the thing that I'm most excited about from this update is the ability to customize reports in GA4 and not just custom reports, but the regular reports as well. If you have admin level permissions, you'll be able to customize the metrics shown by default in reports. So that'll save time, energy, and lives. 
So you can pick your columns. You can pick the metrics that are shown. Yeah. That is so nice. Seems pretty cool. We'll have a GIF of it up on the video um, with an example that Google shared. There's also a way to group reports into collections for easy access to high-level overviews that are important to you or your clients or managers, whatever, which is a nice little feature for sure. I know a lot of folks that we work with know enough about GA to get in there and look at stuff and understand what they're seeing, but they can't necessarily navigate to the information that they want super quickly. So I think that that'll be huge as well. Super excited about that. All right, next up, big news, Flockers. Amazon is blocking Google's Flock. And according to Digiday, this could seriously weaken the fledgling tracking system. So first it was Apple, now it is Bezos or Andy Jassy <laughs> or whoever took over for him as the CEO. We should call him Andy Apple, right? The new CEO there. If you want. Anyway, <laughs> side note, I still can't believe that Bezos stepped down as CEO of Amazon while he was still in his prime. Wow. Oh my God. Anyway, Amazon is blocking Google's controversial cookie list tracking and targeting method. And most of Amazon's properties, including Amazon.com, Whole Foods, Zappos, Woot, um, they're preventing the tracking system flock or the federated learning of cohorts, which we've talked about many times. So this move, Amazon didn't go on record and talk about it. It just happened. And the under-the-radar move, again, according to Digiday, could be a significant blow to Google's mission to guide the future of digital ad tracking after cookies die. It could give Amazon a leg up in its own efforts to sell advertising across what's left of the open web, an end quote there. And it's good. Did why? you write this article? <laughs> <laughs> but good. Like, why would you want to do that if you're Amazon? You're like, oh, you can allow Google to get better data from your users on your site to help Google make more money. Amazon isn't getting free Google ads. Yeah. And they're trying to build, like, we have another story every week about a new ad offering or their own pixel. Right. Everybody should block yeah. flock. This should be the thing, Black Flock. I know Hashtag. we talked about that before. We're going to have an arm movement too. Like this. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> and then someone called me. Like oh, yeah. <laughs> and the way that Amazon has implemented the blocking is scattered, according to Digiday. They're, most of the sites are using the way that your, Google has recommended to block Flock. But there's a caveat with the Whole Foods pages. It's using a re, it, it's a response header from HTML pages that block that blocks traffic from Amazon Analytics requests. Well, everything else is going the way that is 100% effective using the Google recommended blocking. Maybe that's an oversight. I don't know. And so Google now won't know that I'd stop using Amazon to buy bird food. I just couldn't take it anymore. I don't even think a flock is bird. So these jokes are just going over my oh. head. A they, flock is birds. Flock they, of sheep, I think of. Flock of seagulls. They just they just keep asking for my feedback. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's it. What's next with you, Shep? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know how to move on for that. Shop Pay <laughs> Shopify's one-click checkout will become available to all merchants selling on Facebook, Instagram, and Google even if they don't use Shopify. This is big news. According to Shopify, sh of course it's according to Shopify, but they say <laughs> ShopPay is the highest converting checkout on the interwebs. Shopify says, according to studies, cart abandonment averages 70% with nearly 20% occurring because of a complicated checkout process. That 80% is me putting stuff in my cart that I'll never buy, but I hope this helps the retailers nonetheless. 
get less You put bandit. stuff in your cart that I, you're not going to buy? Yeah, oh, like save it to, yeah. yeah. All the time. I have millions of dollars worth of things that will never be purchased in carts. And wow. all these dumb websites, they make you sign up for an account to create like a board where you're going to save your things, but not to create a cart. So I'm always putting things in my cart. Man, I like sweat before I add something to cart. Like it feels so final to oh, me. Oh no, I want to save it all. That's what you do at ASOS. It has like, you know, thousands and thousands of products. You just scroll, add stuff to your cart. And then at the end you delete like everything but one item. And then you don't get free shipping and then you just go to bed. Yeah. And the big thing here from a marketing perspective is that if you're doing e-com, again, traditionally, well, I guess now there's a few other options out there. We think WooCommerce, if you're doing it yourself, um, is probably the number one uh, uh, software out there. And then Shopify is now beyond the Shopify environment, which is pretty crazy. So Big deal. definitely worth checking out. So more people are going to be signing up for ShopPay probably if they can use it everywhere. So why wouldn't you want to be on that platform? All right, next up. Is that the intro music for AJ Khan and Mark Traphagen? Because authorship is back, kind of, kind of. <laughs> And this is an article from Barry Schwartz over at Search Engine Land. Google has started a test showing an article carousel beneath the knowledge panels for some authors and journal journalist searches. Now, the cool thing is you could do a search. Let's say you go over to Search Engine Journal, where we're part of the proud SEJ network, and do a search for Christine Zernheld, aka Shep. You may find her showing up, but you will only get her articles on Search Engine Journal now, or at least in the the examples we've seen in the wild. And that's where it really differentiates between what we knew as authorship, where you were the entity, not the publisher, in this case, Search Engine Journal. So it's very much different. It seems like it's just categorizing by author. And so Barry went on to say that They're doing this to help people, well, a Google employee said they're doing this to help people learn more about an individual journalist or author by more prominently highlighting their recent work. So I don't hate this, but I don't like this. I guess I'm just, this is fine. It's, uh, they gave up on authorship because they couldn't figure it out and it was a whole disaster and a mess and everybody started to game it. And I think that's the big issue that nobody's been able to figure out. Google can't figure it out, clearly, is the ability to have portable authoritativeness for your name, not for the entity you're currently writing at. And I think Josh Constantine of TechCrunch just put a tweet out about that. Maybe we'll find it thrown on a YouTube channel about the fact that you need to build your own audience. And in this case, it is not real authorship. So remember, it's just now segmenting a site by author. That makes sense. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this? I think it, if you're writing for another publication before, you would want people to be able to find those articles. So I just think it's a bummer for. But it's, the, yeah, it's just not tied to an individual entity. It is a individual site. At least the examples we've seen that then tie to a person. And that's where Google Plus was a big thing with the whole authorship, and yeah. everybody was, you know, it's head better over heels. for the publishers and worse for the writers. <laughs> Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. And this week's Take of the Week comes from Eric Hayeken. Hayeken? H-E-I-K-E-N on Twitter. And Eric got a notification from Google Ads saying, 
your campaign's impressions decreased. Find out why your blank campaign's impressions decreased significantly by 66% June 8th compared to June 7th. And Eric says, and I'm going to change it a little bit here. He says, yeah, I paused the campaign, you donkey. (laughs) Wow. What do the donkeys do to Eric? I don't know. I'm a donkey. Paused his campaigns, lowered his impressions. (laughs) This is very Gordon (laughs) Ramsay-esque. And now it's time for this week's I See Why Am I. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. I see why am I people straight from our Discord community, community.marketingaclock.com. We have a submission from Greg of a Year, PPC Greg. Mm-hmm. He says, this is a ask the product lead presentation on OptiScore. Breaks down match type in a few ways I hadn't seen before. I just wish people would stop calling it OptiScore. Like stop normalizing it. It's optimization score and it's not a good thing usually. <laughs> don't make, don't try to make it fun. And it's not PPC Greg's fault. He's just saying the title. Okay. So I don't know if this is what he was talking about, about match type, but there is a lot in here about the new broad match, similar to what we saw on PPC Reddit a couple of weeks ago that I found very interesting. It says broad match is not the same broad match you remember. And then it talks about how it's able to leverage unique signals not available in other match types. So it says broad match is in addition to just your keywords, it can leverage landing page, your landing pages, other keywords in your ad groups predicted performance and user location when looking at signals for how to match your keywords. Honestly, between this and the PPC Reddit, I'm kind of ready for a test. I don't know why they're not like making a bigger deal about this than they are. than like having Ginny put it out there. Like I didn't really know there was a new broad match until PPC Reddit, um, but I am kind of interested in, in testing it. What about you guys? I'm interested in testing everything, but I would just say yeah, test. low low budget. Pay attention. Yeah, I mean, I just want them to put their money where their mouth. Well, my money. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with smart bidding. Obviously, that's fine. Good, and the fact that it now takes user location into it, whatever. The biggest issue, and I'm going to sound like a broken record player, is that you can't see the terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the biggest, the biggest issue is that. You can't see the terms. And that is the number one hindrance to broad match. And everybody would be much more comfortable if you could see the terms. But you can't see the terms. I can't see what uh, user location might help with some of these terms. And it's, again, it's not even a black hole. It's a black box. They have the data. I completely agree. And that's why I want to test it now before we lose the search terms and analytics. Because at least we have them there now. I know. Okay. (laughs) But... I, it wasn't even the loser, loser, user <laughs> location. I think the taking the data, the words from your landing page is cool. I didn't know it could do that. So I want to give it a test in the right setting. It's time to submit your entries for the 2021 U.S. Search Awards coming up on October 7th. It was actually time. We've been telling you it's been time for a long time now. And now is the last day for early bird access. So the U.S. Search Awards honors the best of search, including specific campaigns, agencies, consultants, and awards for innovation and software. A few of the software and innovation categories include best software innovation, best PPC management software suite. Ooh, I'm excited to see who wins that. Yeah. Best SEO software suite, the best search software tool, and you know that we love cool tools here. So we can't wait to see who wins all these prestigious awards. So get your entries in ASAP before early bird pricing ends today. And even if you hear this 
a day or two after, it's still worth it. So um, see what you can apply for, and we will see you at the U.S. Search Awards on October 7th, ussearchawards.com. I'll be in a gown even if it's virtual. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. And first up in the paid universe this week from Akvila DeFazio, she says, have you heard? And this is a quote from a Facebook ads article. Starting June 15th, we will begin updating our approach to counting people based on the accounts they have added to Accounts Center. As such, you may see an impact to campaign planning estimates and performance reporting for unique metrics. So she shared this with a link and it doesn't say anything about the change on that page. I looked at it after June 15th, so I'm assuming they just updated it after that. But now it says if someone saw a post while using the, their business page and then switched to their personal profile and saw the same post, they may count it as two people seeing your ad. So mm, annotate. That's weird. Yeah. You're a page and you're an account. How do you? And you have to be logged into your account. Yeah, to use the page. To use the page so they know Wait, who you that's are. That's a lot of programming work to be like, all right, now instead of an account counting, let's go and let's add account plus page data because page is a totally different thing. They did work to make this happen. Well, it sounds like it's going to make well, them look good. Like yeah. you saw two, two people saw your But nobody that's working as a page is going to go through and click and buy some D2C product. You're on the clock. Probably not, but they're just desperate for some conversions because they're none of them are being reported anymore. <laughs> and from Larry Chassie at L Chassie on Twitter, he shared an email he got from Google Ads. It says on July 1st, 2021, Google will begin an audit of restricting verticals, including gambling and games, healthcare and medicines, financial services, online dating, event ticket resellers. And then they have a link there if you want to learn more. Larry's caption was, what could go wrong? LOL. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Larry. I hope you're not running any YouTube masthead ads because YouTube will start banning some verticals from buying them. Via Sarah Fisher at Axios, the categories include gambling, alcohol, prescription drugs, and political ad- ads. She says this change is going in Monday. And then she posted the article on Monday the 14th. So I'm assuming that's the day it went through, not the next Monday. No confirmation, though. And from BFF of the show, Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92 she says, my BFFs at Marketing O'Clock will like this. A Google Ads account without the new monthly spend limit has a pop-up to increase the billing threshold. It, Google recommends bumping it to the max amount so I can change it left, less option. So convenient for Google. So this person wants to be billed every time they hit $500 and Google wants them to change it to $2,000 but the person doesn't have the billing threshold. And it seems like so small, but it does seem like they just want the money. Like if you had a display campaign that was running amok and something was wrong, you're not going to know until it spends 2000 I don't know. little fishy. But I loved my gift response to this from the Marketing O'Clock account. I have um, Lucius Malfoy, and it's like my new favorite thing for Google Ads. He's saying, how dare you? And he just looks so mad. Is that the guy from The Patriot? It's... The guy from Harold Potter. <laughs> New article from Amy Bishop on the Journal of Search Engines. I think to save time, we should start calling it Jose. <laughs> Journal of Search Engines. What do you think, Greg? We're it. trying to get faster in our lightning round. Okay. So from Jose. I sure love it too. <laughs> advertisers, aka friend of the show, Brett Bodofsky, who pointed this out last week, have raised questions about the differences between Google Ads audience expansion and optimized targeting. 
So Amy tracked down someone at Google to help explain the difference. They said, quote, here's a bunch of garbage coming. Google audience expansion limited campaigns from benefiting from Google's auto-targeting systems by expanding only the user-selected audiences. Optimized targeting is a new paradigm. That's a new one. For auto-targeting that can move beyond any selected criteria to optimize into the best performing audiences for a given ad group while meeting the campaign's objective. Our goal is to provide better performance for advertisers by moving this to the moving to this more dynamic system. I had to read that word for word because I have absolutely no idea what it means, but it sounds like they're taking more liberties with this and yuck. And we take over accounts all the freaking time that have this turned on for remarketing. And why would you make it more liberal? I hate it. Reminder, this is only for video discovery or video action and discovery campaigns. So just double check those. How dare you? (laughs) And from Brad Geddes at BG Theory on Twitter, he says, after a lot of analysis of exact match, it seems Google Ads considers question words, how, why, where, etc., to not change the intent of a search term. Your exact match keyword can match your keyword and question terms. These terms are generally lower conversion rate and value. I wonder why. This is no surprise to anyone. Like these question terms come up all the freaking time. The worst is what? Like you could be mm. like advertising like, Shoes and someone's like, "What are shoes?" That person's not buying shoes. No, but they're clicking your ad. <laughs> yeah, they sure costing are. you money. Yep. So just if, depending on the product, you have to exclude who, what, when, where, why, which could be so disastrous. You have no choice. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess just if consider negativing out all the who, what, where, why, when, how. Did I already say that? I don't know. Who, what, what? Yeah. And just what is this? You know, that's Can the question we just I ask myself every day. Have a heckin' exact match? Why can't we have that? Because we can't have nice things, and that would be a nice thing. And you can always count on Barry Schwartz at Rusty Brick on Twitter to let us know when a new Google Ads API is released. Version 8.0 is now out and supports cross-account bidding strategies and has the added support for smart campaigns. Yay! There are more features that Barry links to in his article on search engine land. By year's end, TikTok will be charging a daily rate of $2 million for its prime ad placement, the skippable top view format that fires up full screen with sound when users open the app. And it like gets me in trouble so much because I will have my phone and like forget where I am, open the app and have the volume up and it's a disaster. So it's going on outside? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Someone's got their volume Somebody up. cue the oh no music. It must be so bad for kids at school. Tim Jensen has a guide to programmatic advertising in 2021 up on the Clicks Marketing blog. He goes through different platforms including the GDN, Google Display and Video 360, Rollworks, the Trade Desk, Adobe Advertising Cloud, Media Match, and Verizon Media DSP. And he talks about targeting options, pricing and reviews for each. This is a great jumping off point if you're looking for new places to advertise. So check it out for sure. And if you don't want great returns. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, but I mean, good luck. Well, with just display in general, yeah. <laughs> you can't even target anymore on iOS 14.5. And Tales from PPC Reddit. We only have one this week. Greg, have you been sleeping? No. Oh, I had hopes for you. This is another one from Not Freddy. 25, not Freddie 26, our guy, Freddie 27, with a Y. 
how I scaled an e-com brand from 45,000 to 120,000 in 30 days. He's able to increase the revenue per visitor by 129% by testing and optimizing his offers and landing pages. We will have the full article in the newsletter and on Discord. And that is it for paid, what's happening in organic. First up, we've got some good news from Google. They are improving search to better protect people from harassment. And there are many sites out there that are problems and that can have repeated harassment. So they are implementing an improvement to their previous approach to further protect known victims. In the past, you could request a takedown. And now when you do request a removal from one site with predatory practices, they will automatically apply ranking protections to help prevent content from other similar low quality sites from appearing in search results for people's names. A takedown sounds like the bully, like go take them down. Well, Google's going to take them down and take them out of the SERPs. And I don't want to name any names here, but sites like Ripoff Report or any of the mugshot removal sites are the worst. They put your content up. In order to take it down, you have to pay. And so they're, um, again, to see all these sites being ripped off of the SERPs makes me happy. All right, next up from Lily Ray from Amsiv Digital. She's got the top 50 winning domains, and I'm going to run through the top five. And of course, this is from the June Core Update 2021. Wikipedia number one, Amazon number two. Mm. Not for long, probably. <laughs> They'll probably get them in the July update with that flock news. Cambridge.org, LifeWire.com, and Dictionary. And the biggest losers were TripAdvisor, Wiktionary, Cura, TechRadar, and YouTube. And again, maybe they will fix that YouTube in the July update. Maybe yeah, it's just like, no hey, way. Yeah, it's like a hezzy hay, and then they go the other way in July. <laughs> All right, next up, keeping it here with core updates. Um, the June 2021 core update rollout is complete as of June 12th, 2021, according to Danny Sullivan on his at search liaison Twitter handle. All right, if you've got any thoughts on the updates, got any takes, well, there's never been a better time to express those takes is the Google Search Central Virtual Unconference is right around the corner. And it is the event where you are required to participate and fire off those takes. From the Google site, they say, what is the Search Central Virtual Unconference? Because we want you to actively participate in the event. This is not a typical Search Central conference or online conference. And you have to participate. You have to say what you're gonna talk about here so, hey, if you got thoughts, Yeah, I bring guess them. they don't want me there. <laughs> no, and that is on the 21st of June, I believe. Probably should know that, right? But yeah, it's the 21st of June at 3 p.m. UTC on the ones and twos. All right, and next <laughs> up, YouTube is adding new tools to detect copyright violations and block them within the upload process, which is awesome. So if you, well, I'm going to go into one of the cool things where, once you have a new element in the copyright claim process and saying, oh, that's my info, that's my song about Shep, and I don't want other people to take that. Um, they don't you, want it. <laughs> <laughs> you could say, I want to prevent copies of these videos from appearing on YouTube going forward. And if you do that with your copyright claim process, anybody else uploading that audio will be blocked before it even hits YouTube, which is awesome. That's so nice. love to see that. Next up from Dina Shurvasan, she was reading this morning, she started on Google and noticed something. A Google pop-up promoting a Google app on a publisher's AMP pages was blocking the subscribe and login. And if you look at this picture, it's pretty egregious. 
For some reason, it just got stuck on all the AMP pages she was looking at and she couldn't get to actually subscribe to the site. So she made a message about it. And then Danny Sullivan on his at Danny Sullivan Twitter handle said, this appears to be a bug rather than any intended behavior. We're investigating it now and expect it will be cleared up shortly. But there was somebody named Robin Burjohn. And he responded saying, isn't the bug that it can happen in the first place? And then it got into kind of a pretty contentious back and forth. But, and this is what drives me crazy about Google and these, everything is sort of true in a way, but nothing's true, where Danny was saying, publishers don't have to use AMP. And then Robin said, oh, that's excellent news. Can you point me to the alternative? And Danny said that they serve trillions of pages that don't use AMP and top stories. Um, over a year ago, AMP wasn't longer needed. Um, and then Robin went in saying, stating that AMP is not a requirement is equivalent to stating that high ranking is not a requirement when you're trying to operate a business in a highly competitive environment. It's unclear to me how that would be a serious statement to be made. And Danny says, AMP is not used for ranking web pages. It has never been used for ranking web pages. It is not a ranking factor. We've been extremely clear about this over the years. Robin goes back and says, is it not a special definition of ranking that doesn't include appearing at the top? Because to be in top stories, you have to be AMP, not anymore. So it just goes back and forth. It's like, yeah, it's not a ranking factor, but you're not going to be at the very top of the results if you're not AMP. And I get it. It's not a ranking factor. You don't look at it and say, plus this many points for AMP, but you need it to get to the top stories. And it's that's why like whenever you hear anything from Google, take it with a grain of salt. It's like, oh, but bounce rate isn't a ranking factor. Okay, okay. You're Google. You're smart enough to consider how people interact with pages that you serve them. You're trying to create the best experience. If people bounce off immediately, that's a bad experience. I'm sure it's not a ranking factor. Do you want care? Should you care about it? Yeah, you should care about it. I don't know. Anyway. Into something. Oh, no. Give me a shop. Oh, no, here. Because oh, no. <laughs> Google search is again testing customized headers based on query. Y'all probably remember what happened last time. If you don't, please listen to our Clockskirt show, the last show of 2020, where we recap Barry Schwartz trying to find inappropriate content being served as the header, which was one of my all-time favorite things in all of digital marketing. And so the examples they have <laughs> really suck. There's one that says chicken pasta, and I'm not a foodie, as you learned with my ramen tendencies, but I don't know what this dish is, and I don't see any chicken. I see mushrooms, mushrooms. I see a lot of eggs. Eggs are chicken not really pre-chicken 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 pasta that's what we need there <laughs> and anyway thankfully barry hasn't looked up any inappropriate queries yet all right the google page experience update is rolling out between june 15th and the end of august <laughs> so we've got the june update that ended on the 12th the june 15th to august update and the july update thanks google gird your loins can you just How dare annotate you? the entire summer of yeah, 2021? Summer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Clearing a few things up. Andre Lipsev, a search quality senior strategist with Google, had made a statement that covered the top three search ranking factors, which he shouldn't have said. And then John Mueller came back and essentially said, we shouldn't be ranking our ranking factors. So if you do go back and look and say, oh, at one point, Google said that the main factors are content, links, and rank brain, 
the, the person shouldn't have said that. So just don't. This is why this is why people at Google don't talk. It's because you take everything so literally, and somebody makes a mistake. It's hard to talk. We all know this. Oh yeah. Caleb knows it. He's editing everything today. <laughs> Next up from Simo Haba, there's a new feature in Google Tag Manager. New containers are seeded with an initial empty published version to prevent 404 errors in the client and to enable preview mode. So that's great. We've got a lot from Glenn Gabe this week at Glenn Gabe on Twitter. First up, he's got an awesome example that he put out on June 11th about how rich snippets can be impacted by broad core updates. One of his clients jumped from what it looks like to my bad eyes is that it had 2.0 impressions and it jumped to 2.92 million impressions, 323,000 clicks when the core update hit. So um, check it out. And then next up, Glenn covers the T in EAT, he says. Um, and this is a survey of 12,000 adults in the US to, disturb, to determine a story's trustworthiness. Half the US adults consider the outlet an important factor. 27% cite the sources quoted, 30% blah, blah, blah. But basically your outlet matters and there's a good study that shows what all people of all political affiliations care about most and it's really the organization. From across the pond, Google's agreeing to not favor its own products or access user personal data and commitments with the UK regulator on Flock. <laughs> it's going to push Flock back over on the UK and they have Google has committed to not giving themselves any advantage. And from the article, as the privacy sandbox proposals are developed and implemented, that work will not give preferential treatment or advantage to Google's advertising products or to Google's own sites. Okay, we'll see. Next up, Google is dangling paid upgrade to businesses who have Gmail addresses. So if you want for $7.99 a month, which includes a temporary $2 discount, you can get Google Photos in exchange in, in get the full suite of services. I'm, that, that's about it. So bye, bye, bye. They're going to really try to expand into more. Probably take on Microsoft and the 365 and Teams products. And then next up, Google has announced on, Google on June 10th that it depreciated support for critical review, markup schema, and structured data. And as a critic of Google myself, I don't like this. I'm critical of it. No, it's, <laughs> it's fine. I just hate when you see a review it's nice to see that it comes from, if you see a review from Peter Travers, just ignore it. That person has never seen a movie he didn't like. Have you noticed that? Movies no. are great. Peter Travers? Peter Travers. If you look at, like, he'll be like, um, <laughs> it'll be like, Transformers 16 blew my mind. So many explosions. You, you look at these reviews and if you ever pay attention, Caleb, do you know Peter Travers? So is he on Rotten Tomatoes or something? You it's do? Rolling Stone. He's, he likes anything. Literally whatever. Like, just make it. It's I just like, make something. Yeah. I wonder if he likes our for show. years to come, Peter Travers. And I'm just like, oh, I'm out. Peter's in, I'm out. So keep the, keep the. <laughs> All right. Hey, hey, we're in demand here. Um, oh, a study over on LinkedIn showed that there are some 381,000 marketing jobs that were posted in the past year. In the past six months alone, the site witnessed a 63% increase in marketing jobs. The drum has a whole bunch on there. If you're interested, if you're looking, check it out. You can see what is most popular, but we are quite marketable, us marketers. Mm -hmm. All right, next up, there is a new tool if you want to check your AMP pages to pass if they pass the core web vitals. It's amp.dev forward slash page experience. And then finally from, it's not finally, we are just, this is, there's so much news in the summer. You got news. News is like milk. Got news. Oh my God, Jessica. <laughs> oh. Oh. 
deplorable. <laughs> Utterly awesome. Go on, Greg. It's just, there's so much news in the summer. When the room is hot. Okay, anyway. From Glenn Gabe, web stories work very well with game updates and recaps. Google's rolling out more sports web stories in select countries for Euro 2020 and sports. MLB. So Shep, instead yeah. of all those apps, you get just use web stories. How about that? And there's been from Barry Schwartz, finally over in Search Engine Roundtable, there was maybe an update that heated up on June 10th, 11th, and 12th. So maybe annotate that. And you can see it over on Search Engine Roundtable. And he had all the charts. And my favorite chart was a Rank Ranger chart because I know people are clamoring for this. I couldn't see anything on the 11th, 12th, or 13th. And I actually looked pretty stable on the 13th. <laughs> and like, there was no activity, but... Only Barry. I have an untrained eye. So thank you. And lastly, podcasts aren't dead, folks. Thank goodness. And if you are looking for more outlets to advertise on, sure, check Tim Jensen's article. But also don't sleep on Spotify because they are trying to buy up everything. And they just bought the Call Her Daddy podcast that we talked about before last year with all the drama. And they paid Alex Cooper $60 million to be exclusive to Spotify for a three-year period. So, hey, they can come knocking on our door. Yeah, today. call us, Spotify. Yeah. yeah. Call call us, Daddy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Joe Rogan, call it Daddy. It's Father's Day. <laughs> oh, happy Father's Day, Dad's out there. What's happening, social button? All right. First up in social this week, new money-making tools are coming for creators on Instagram. Announced during the platform's inaugural Creator Week were several new features in the works, including a native affiliate tool, merch storefronts on profiles, and a rewards program. Greg, you're going to love this. It involves stars and badges, depending on whether you're on Facebook or Instagram, for creators reaching certain milestones. Get excited for virtual gifts, everyone. Moving on to Instagram's parent company, Facebook, the Smart Crop feature that the platform has been testing for video is now available for use in Creator Studio. And if you're not familiar, the feature utilizes machine learning in order to identify areas of most interest within your video content and then provides auto edits based on these calculations. That's a quote. Hey, we should, Caleb, can you audit? Auto edit this podcast. We need it today. Just crop us out. <laughs> Eight hour editing time. Yeah, it sounds terrifying, right? If you think about it. But the good news is you can preview before publishing and go back to your original if you don't like what smart cropping has done. So that's good. In other machines can do scary things news, Facebook is apparently also working on an AI system called Textile Brush, one word with some capitalizations like a hashtag in there, that, quote, replaces text in images of both handwriting and scenes in one shot using a single example word, end quote. And from the article on social media today, Facebook does specifically note that it could help with translation of text within images, enabling users to interpret handwritten signs in different languages. And then they put an example in there, which is side-by-side -side images of produce. And they have signs in Spanish. And then Facebook's tool did the work to translate it into English. And I can see how this would be useful. But in this scenario specifically, if you need the signs to know what it is, the produce that you're buying, some unlucky fool is going to make lemonade out of an eggplant because it's in the wrong section. Like, yeah, use your eyes. Not ideal. Bad example. Cool tool, but bad example. Speaking of lemons, something super sour to look out for from Tim Jensen at Timothy J. Jensen on Twitter. He says, discovered a new level of sketchiness on Facebook. 
Client's page received a message that they were suspended. Turns out someone created a profile using the name ad violation and the official Facebook logo. And they're spamming pages trying to get people to, quote, verify accounts. That's hilarious. Yeah, it's next level. So just look out for that. Do you see he reported them? Oh, yes, he does say. And uh, Facebook said it didn't it didn't breach policy. That does not breach policy? No. How? Talk to Facebook. Maybe it's a real person. Ad violation. (laughs) (laughs) And they just love Facebook so much they made it their face. Unreal. All right. Next up. Adbert. Adbert? Like Robert. Adbert. Oh, his first name is Adbert. Ad for short. Mm -hmm. Adbert violation. (laughs) I feel sad for that person. Don't feel sad. They're not real. Attica. Attica. These aren't real names. Attica's a prison, right? Local? And it's with T's. Whatever, guys. That's not the point. The point is be on the lookout for spam. <laughs> Next up, from Matt Southern over at Jose. Is that what we're saying? Mm-hmm. The no. Journal of Search Engines. <laughs> Search Engine Journal. Search Engine Journal. Matt Southern over there. Twitter will soon be empowering users to grow their email list with a subscribe button right on their Twitter profiles. Review, which is the newsletter service that Twitter acquired earlier this year, said that they want to give writers tools to turn their growing engaged Twitter audience into newsletter subscribers. So this will be able, this will be available for review newsletters soon. Stay tuned if you have one. We're long, but there's, what are you going to do on Twitter? You can now super follow people. Mm -hmm. You can tip people. You can follow people. You can buy Twitter blue. That there's so much happening. You can subscribe. Subscribe. It's it's a whole thing. Yeah. You can also tweet, I hear. You can't edit your tweets. It's the whole thing. Hey, how's your uh, verification going? Oh, I didn't try again. I'm too embarrassed. Oh, it actually came through. Did you see it? I just feel like they're like, get the verification request and they're like, no, it, it, it worked. <laughs> Did you see? No, what's your joke? Oh, it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean. And if people are being mean to you, Twitter is working on new controls over who can at mention you in their tweets. If you are in need of this, first of all, sorry. But second of all, head over to our newsletter or Discord for the link. There's a bunch of ways that they're working on um, that can help you disassociate yourself from garbage. Don't at me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, according to a new report available on MediaPost.com, social video generates 70% as much reach as linear TV. What? (laughs) How do you do that math? I don't know. I didn't read the report, but you can head on over to our show notes for that link. I just love all this stuff, like terrestrial radio. That's always my favorite thing. It's like, oh, we have satellite radio and terrestrial radio. Get lost in your linear TV. I didn't know you took such umbrage with traditional media. I do. All right. Well, you may be interested to know that Pinterest has launched a new virtual test drive experience with Volkswagen, which is just in time for people to start going back to doing things IRL again. But all kidding aside, it does open up a world of possibilities for immersive experiences in many verticals and not just test driving a car. So keep an eye out nope. for cool experiences. No, nope. no, nope. you do not what want do you to. Mean? You do not want to virtually test drive a car. No. Ever. But anything else, like trying on pants. This is the dumbest idea. You, How are you going to know what it's like? Do you have goggles on and do you have a steering wheel? Like, is this, are you an Oculus or are you, you're, on, you're on Pinterest? Yeah. You don't know how it handles. You ha- are in a simulation about a car. I'm, I'm trying to buy a car now and it, A, it's the worst process on the planet. I need, call Karen. I need to call Karen. I, I got to duck that door. I forgot. 
It, but you're going to have no, it's, everything's going to be fine. You're going to be like doing loops. And so they'll probably like throw like little loops in there. You can like, you know, drive like matchbox or hot wheels. Yeah. You don't, you, you cannot actually understand. Like some cars handle poorly and some cars have blind spots. And if you make this VR thing, you're like, oh, let's make it a little bigger. Let's make it handle a little different. I mean, I'm not saying you buy the car, but I think it's cool to quote, sit in the car and see what your surroundings no, look like. You it know, is if not you cool. want to go to the lot. No, I disagree with you. Fine. I hope it drives sales. I don't learn anything when I test drive the car anyway. I'm just like too nervous of breaking it. Like I didn't break my computer. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like an omission of guilt. Oh. I really didn't. (laughs) All right. Next from The Verge. Facebook. Why don't you just make a video game and put your cars in a video game? Somebody did that, right? Yeah, why can't you just do, do that? that? Make yourself the Volkswagen video game and you can just try to race all the cars and you can do that and see how they actually handle and you can see what it looks like and you're not on Pinterest, Volkswagen. There's better ways to do things. Not everything needs to be a social VR, AR, Frank and Kitty or whatever they're called. What are they called? Franken, Frank what's, I don't know, whatever. Frankenstein? No, it's that Doritos ad or Frank something. Frank and Teresa's Anchor Bar? What? What did Doritos have to do with Volkswagen, Craig? Get rid of it all. (laughs) All right, well, let's go for a ride in something else, shall we? No. (laughs) Facebook, this is from The Verge. Facebook plans the first smartwatch for next summer with two cameras and heart rate monitor. Ooh, a wrist portal? (laughs) Get out of here. So the marketing angle, and this is a quote from the article, the idea is to encourage owners of the watch to use it in ways that smartphones are used now. It's part of Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg's plan to build more consumer devices that circumvent Apple and Google, the two dominant mobile phone platform creators. And get more of your data. (laughs) And learn about your your pre-existing conditions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I don't even need to finish that quote. You get the idea. Shep is right. As I'm wearing a smartwatch. That's a smartwatch? It's like kind of, yeah. It's very fashionable. Thanks. Looks lovely. Fooled I just me. like the silent alarm. Thought it was analog all this time. All right. Lastly here, from News Nation USA, Media Kicks, a prominent media influencer marketing agency that has lost most of its staff, missed some payments, and disconnected its phone. That's how you know it's real when they just disconnect the phone. At the fact that they had a phone, right? <laughs> but I missed some payments, by the way. We're talking about not paying their employees, which is a no-no, and owing thousands of dollars to influencers from unpaid brand deals. So, like, media kicks them in the butt. That's not very nice. Yeah, and I, th- I think the big thing here is they were quoted in, a, like, every influencer marketing article saying how alive influencer marketing mm-hmm. is, how everything's flourishing, how everybody should shift to influencer marketing. And sometimes don't believe what you read. It's it's scary. If you want to read some things that you maybe can believe about the story, though, BuzzFeed News has some testimonials from some of the influencers, and we're talking thousands of dollars that they're owed. It's very sad. That's their job for some folks. So and that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for working hard or hardly working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. I really don't do a lot with Facebook ads. So if you do, just go make yourself some ramen while I talk. This is probably very basic. But um, Jess acts like she doesn't know anything about Facebook ads, but she does. She taught me how to make a custom pivot table that you can make in their reporting tools to look at conversions or whatever you want. Like it reminds me a lot of Data Studio. You could pick absolutely any metric you want in there. 
and it's awesome. And there's no conversions coming in because of iOS 14, but you know, it's great that it's there. What about you, Caleb? Uh, well, depending on how you look at it, this could be they're hardly working or working hard, but uh, we have a new ad coming out and I ended up doing a lot of the voiceovers and the new bumpers for stuff. And I, you know, I didn't like it. I didn't like seeing myself. No one ever does, but uh, you know, that was, that. I, I feel like I was working hard. That was the first for me, you know, being in front of a camera. Like you that. did a great job. Yes, you, you did. Welcome to the fold. I appreciate it. We, we came out good. We, and we tweeted out at marketing clock on Twitter. If you want to see us mm -hmm. all. And I look like I'm I knew you were going to say that. You like, always do that. It's Can not, you be nicer to yourself? I, be nicer. I a, no. And B, I had <laughs> silver hair in the video. You it's don't have silver hair. Look at the video. It's a funny picture. <laughs> Caleb's agreeing with you silently. With me? Yeah. It's, I look like I, I, I've been like starting, I figured out that I'm going to have like a midlife crisis when it's my birthday next because I'm going to be 40 and like that's old. It's and then I look at this video and I'm like, what do I even worry about 40 for? I look like I'm 80. You it's don't. Not that's not people, true. Oh my God. Like You're ruining the ad. It's Greg yeah. and it looks, it's like, hi, welcome to senior living here on Hurdle. It's literally the lighting. It's a fantastic ad. It is. And it's great. It's terrible. Okay? Everyone looks. If fun. I'm not allowed to talk about my snaggle tooth, you're not allowed to talk about your gray hair. Okay. Oh, we will put Thanks. it on screen. <laughs> Thanks. <man. laughs> Caleb is losing. And hey, you know what? Go hammer the comments on YouTube and just make fun of me, please. Yeah, we love the engagement. Yeah. We're at Marketing O'Clock everywhere. Hit us up. <laughs> Everyone just comment hashtag old. <laughs> I just want to see olds everywhere. Thanks. This is gonna make me feel great. Uh, I have something that might make you feel great, Greg. I have a hard or working hard this week, and it's like a quick, easy thing. If you didn't know that there are user settings in Google Analytics, yeah. What? I know. Check them out. My favorite one that I just discovered is a default date range. So every time I open Google Analytics, it's like the last seven days. I'm like, I want to see more than that. And I've just been adjusting it myself. You could change that to 30. The default date range is in your user settings. If you share a user account, though, like we do here at Cypress North, our agency account, excuse me, account, just let people know you're changing things. But cool feature. The devil works hard, but Jess Bud works harder. <laughs> He's my buddy. <laughs> And now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is Backlink Analytics from SEMrush, aka SEMrush. Y'all heard of it? Yes. Yes. They have completely rebuilt their backlinks tool with two goals in mind, being the fastest at reporting new links and holding the largest database of known links. They're claiming it really is the fastest backlink discovery tool ever. You can read their post for more details on why and how, but we are talking discovery and reporting of new links in under an hour, which is cool. So if you're already using SEMrush, go play. <laughs> and if you're not and want to test this out, they are offering free access to backlink analytics for a limited time. So go grab the link in our newsletter and or Discord and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. 
And this week's must read marketing article of the week is from terakeet.com by way of Jonas Sickler, the SEO manager there. And I think they're out of Syracuse. So like right down yeah, the night. I have a friend hey. who works there. Oh, hey, really? Dan. Hey, Dan. And hey, Jonas. He doesn't listen. <laughs> you should tell him to. Yeah. Him I have. He doesn't care about oh, me. No. Oh. Tell him we're talking about him. Tell him to watch the YouTube ad and look for Greg. He's no. a cute baby. Hey, Shay. <laughs> Hashtag old. Anyway, he's got an awesome breakdown of how to come up with a content strategy. And I think it's something that even if you don't use it, some things might not relate to you, but from a client standpoint, if you were to read this, you could get it. You know what I mean? And it's like some reading material to say, what do you want to do? Here's some thoughts. Yeah, there's some absolutes in there, but overall, it's got 15 steps on how to develop it. It's just a very great thorough article. Thank you, Jonas and Dan and all of you for listening. Baby Shay. All right, that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show by signing up for our newsletter at marketingoclock.com forward slash newsletter. And please be sure to subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast player so you don't miss a single episode. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. How long it takes. Welcome to this week's Shooting the Hack. We're after our famous Friday news show. We don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. Today, we have a submission from full-time producer Caleb. We will be taking part in a serial draft. I have to warn you guys, I did a mock fantasy draft for this the oh other night. Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. So the order has already been determined. Oh no. It goes Greg, me, Jess, Caleb. Oh, we sat in that order. Perfect. Today. Good. I was hoping for this because it's the only one I wanted and it's going to upset Jess to no end. I'm going to kill you. Lucky Charms, baby. Oh, those. Number ugh. one. Lucky Charms, it's got the sugar, Terrible. it's got the marshmallow. Jess, just so you know, goes through and checks to find and make sure each one of the marshmallows is in there before she eats it like a complete weirdo. I eat one of each before yeah. they get wet. So I'm doing this as a trade piece, <laughs> A, because I like them, and B, as a trade piece for future trades to you. So you're next. Those marshmallows are disgusting and not real marshmallows. How you're not a real marshmallow. You. I'd literally rather not eat breakfast. Oh my God. Wow. My first choice will be... Honey bunches of oats. Oh my gosh. Worst take of the Honey bunches of oats. Sucks and honey bunches of oats. Everyone's saying different things. What are you, 90? No. Was that you in the commercial? No. Oh my gosh. Caleb wanted it. Caleb eats potato salad. Okay. Wow. I wanted Lucky Charms because that's what I ate. My last meal before my son was born, but Greg, you can have that. I'm going Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries. Okay. Excuse me. Happy for you. I thought everyone would be devastated, but whatever. Caleb. Oh, I'm gonna go for versatility. I'm gonna go for all-time classic. I'm going to go for cornflakes. It can be baby food. It can be cereal. It can You can crush your chicken in it. Ooh, ooh. What about your pre-chicken? Plain cornflakes. Plain cornflakes? <laughs> Plain cornflakes. 
You can add fruit to it. It can be. You can put on vanilla ice cream. Exactly. That's see, I've never thought. You can use it as kitty litter. Like someone check on this man. It can be a breakfast food. It can be a dinner food. Are we doing savory? You know, I don't know. Are we doing serving? Shipping. Get a redemption choice. What's your redemption? Wait, why do I need a redemption choice? No, it's serpentine. Okay, what, oh, my bad. I thought we were... The plain, that's the cereal they serve in, like, prisons, probably. It's literally nothing. Flakes? Uh, I'm going to go for Rice Krispies. Okay. Uh, okay. Snap, crackle. I like how your, your goal was like, I don't want... It, taste? Forget it. You know Forget what? taste. <laughs> Forget taste. It's not about how it tastes. It's about how you can make it taste. That's true. Mm. It's true. You have the most versatile picks. Also, Chef just completely killed my plan, so... All right. Well, Greg stole from me. I'm going to steal from him. I want strawberry frosted mini wheats. Ooh. Everyone's keeping track, right? Do you have all the mini wheats or do you just get strawberry? I picked strawberry because it's a different cereal. If it comes in a different box, it's a different flavor. Okay. Right? Like, oops, all berries is not Captain Crunch with crunch berries. Know what I'm saying? Okay. It is my turn and I will be selecting for my second pick in the draft. Special K vanilla almond. <laughs> Not what a bad flavor, but it's so the answer is chocolate. How do you delicious go cereal. <laughs> it was like my only pregnancy craving, and it's like the only cereal. It's so good. Okay. Besides honey bunches of oats. <laughs> so if I'm next, I'm gonna I need some some sort of chocolate in my life here. And I already got the marshmallows. I'm gonna go with cocoa puffs, I think. Ooh. Go with some cocoa puffs, get some chocolate. There's one I really like a little bit better than it, but I'm just going to take it because I, th- I think it's more robust. And then I'm also going to go for my th- third pick with Frosted Flakes. Okay. Mm. Better than Corn Flakes. And I just want you to know, my husband thought you were going to take Wheaties in the first pick in the draft. Get lost. <laughs> Get, Get lost. Okay. My next selection will be an old favorite, Special K Fruit and Yogurt. You're picking things that nobody would ever pick. Just yeah. so you know. I'm I picking even, good things. I we need a fact remember check. these cereals in my grandma's kitchen yeah. like 12 years I'm ago. I'm picking really. good cereals that I want to eat. But you're picking the wrong Special K flavors. You left out those mini chocolate bars. I don't want chocolate cereal. It's too early for chocolate. I want chocolate cereal. My next pick is chocolate peanut butter Cheerios. Ew. Oh, they're so good. They take Reese's Puff cereal and like... Squashes. Okay. Loud right. truck. Caleb, two to you. All right. I'm going to have to go with, for the first one, America's favorite Honey Nut Cheerios. Who doesn't like them? Great pick. Great pick. Value pick. Solid. I can't believe we didn't pick it yet. Caleb's round in the corner here. What? Okay. And uh, to make the last one the best one, you have to have like a sugary cereal. You have to. I have all sugar. And everyone loves Fruity Pebbles, so I have to. <gasps> yeah, that's a good one. I wanted that. <laughs> it tastes like colors. Yes. You're like, what yes. do colors taste like? Yeah. And you're like, that's that. the best milk mm-hmm. flavorer. Yes. Or for the after milk. Cocoa Krispies are pretty good too with mm. the milk. I like the fruit. Okay. All right. Well, I can't have Fruity Pebbles, so I want the next best thing. Fruit Loops. Ooh, good pick. Okay. And for my final pick in the draft, I will be selecting... Honey bunches of oats, just the bunches. You lose. <laughs> this is a bad show trip. <laughs> I'm picking what I like. All right, and for mine, I need it more well-rounded because I'm competing against Caleb here for the title of this one. Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I don't have any cinnamon. So I'm. you would think I might go cinnamon toast crunch, but I'm going to 
go the opposite. I'm going to go cinnamon checks, which is delicious. Ooh, cinnamon yeah. checks. Checks are really good. Yeah, There's and good that beat out Captain Crunch Oops All Berries. If you remember <laughs> that from the 90s, there was a commercial. He hit a lever wrong. All the berries came through. So, we remember that. Okay. Okay, so everyone say your picks, and then obviously I won. So. All right, so I picked first, and I got Lucky Charms, Cocoa Puffs, Frosted Flakes, and Cinnamon Checks. Okay, and in my all-star bracket, I have <laughs> Honey Bunches of Oats, Special K Vanilla Almond, Special K Fruit and Yogurt, and Honey Bunches of Oats, Just the Bunches. You're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're a serial killer. My fantasy uh... job work, I got all my choices. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't plan this. No one was going to pick those. There's right. like golden grams and stuff you could have picked. Yeah, like real food. Decent. <laughs> Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, Strawberry Frosted Mini Wheats, Chocolate Peanut Butter Cheerios, and Fruit Loops. Follow your nose. That's disgusting. <laughs> You're not eating them together. That's just so. It's, okay. You would, though. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I think I had um, Corn Flakes, Rice Krispies. Honey Nut Cheerios and Fruity Pebbles. Okay. And Caleb wins because you didn't say straight up about any of your choices (laughs) this time. And we'll see you next week. The U.S. Search Awards are open for entry. 2021 will be their ninth year celebrating outstanding search across America. Get your submissions in now because early bird access ends on June 18th. And you want to get that worm. The awards are judged by a team of international industry-leading search experts who follow a rigorous, ethical, and transparent two-step judging process. Enter your best work in the 43 categories, including SEO, PPC, digital marketing, and content marketing by June 25th. Winners will be announced at the U.S. Search Awards ceremony on October 7th. The U.S. Search Awards are brought to you by Don't Panic Events and We Are Search, both award experts who deliver search recognition around the world. So get in on this, people. Do it now.